This is Owen Tinder Jones. I'm Owen Vaughan Williams. This is Tash Harden. And you are listening to the Owen Tinder Podcast. Hello and welcome to a beautifully well-prepared Coleman Had a Dream podcast. Uh, I am sort of here with Ruth, who, as she's explained to me at great length, is parked in a lay-by so we can have this conversation via the phone. How are you, Ruth? I'm, I'm well, thank you. At least it's sunny in Oregon. Yeah, it's not sunny in Boston. <laughs> it's bloody miserable. But um, we can't complain because we are in International Football Week. Um, Yay! The long-awaited. The, the women are playing Belarus tomorrow, where apparently it's even colder. Um, and uh, the men are playing Slovakia on Thursday and Croatia on Sunday. I have um, two bits of news, which you might find interesting, Ruth, whether the listeners do or not, I don't know. Um, but on Thursday, uh, for the first game, I have a middle school boys football match, um, which we have managed to push the kickoff time back to 4.30 to give me enough time to watch the Wales-Slovakia game before the game kicks off. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Um, and I'm going and on... Ho- trained, by, trained by director of Athletic 12. Exactly, exactly. Um, and I'm going to South Carolina on the weekend... And I was worried about how I could find somewhere to watch the game. And not only is the Wales game on TV, um, the this time it's actually on like proper ESPN. So we don't have to find an inter- a pub with a dodgy internet stream. Um, we can actually I can actually watch the match live on ESPN somewhere, which is very exciting for me. You realise you scuffed this all completely. Now. I know already. Based, based on how confident you were that you were going to get back from your trip in time for the last game. <laughs> Very true, but hopefully, hopefully this will work out perfectly, and uh, and we'll be able to watch. Uh, I'll be able to watch the game and not have any any distractions. I'm sure nothing can possibly go wrong. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Um, speaking of things going wrong, let's stop waffling. Absolute nonsense. Um, lots of chat today that uh, Aaron Ramsey is going to have to potentially pull out of the squad or at least miss the Slovakia game. Um, he was overlooked in the Juve squad uh, as he felt a tight abductor uh, before the game, apparently. Um, I mean, that would just be, especially because of the good form he's been in, that would just be such a big blow for us. Yeah, I mean, we've talked a lot, haven't we, on relying on finally, possibly, maybe having all three of them on the field together, Alan and Bale and Ramsey and... Uh, I mean, earlier in the week, there was talk that Bale has had a, a knock at Madrid as, as well, wasn't there? Although nothing seems to have come of that. But I think just for two such vital games, to have any questions about availability. And as you say, Ramsey's started so well in Italy. Um, yeah, it's just it's another huge hole in our squad, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we, we've talked obviously about being critical of gigs, but I do feel a little bit for him in this that the same, you know, something I feel like for these last compet- last few competitive games, something has happened every time. Um, obviously, we mentioned on our little mini preview pod that the that Mepham is obviously not going to be there either, and we're, we're all we're still missing Brooks. Um, obviously, James Lawrence is injured as well. Um, I do feel for gigs in that aspect that I, from my memory and. I'm sure someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but I I don't think he's had a fully fit squad to choose from. 
as I was going back to look at this since um, the first Denmark game, like the Ireland and Denmark doubleheader in the Nations League, um, which is quite a long time ago, to be perfectly honest. Yes, over 12 months ago now. Um, yeah, so I do feel for him in that and regard. And as much as we feel like we've got strength in depth in our squad, there are, there are still there still clearly remain three or four players that you always want available. And sadly, it's mostly those that we seem to be struggling with. Yeah, I agree. And I think would be real trouble as well if this thing with Bale turns out to be something else. Um, and if mm-hmm. Bale and Ramsey both drop out of this squad, I'm I'm massively concerned. Um, for what we can potentially go and achieve. I mean, I obviously watched Newcastle Man United on the weekend. Uh, it went much better than I anticipated it would. Um, and it made me, I, I watched, uh, I was obviously focused on Dan James for a lot of the time. Um, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer has kind of moved him out to the right side um, where yeah. I think he's less effective. He didn't seem a particularly happy bunny yesterday. I, all of a sudden, as is you know, classic Wales setup. I'm not sure if, if things are starting to unravel a little bit before our eyes, before the game's even started. Yeah, you, you've got a feel for him. But he, he's been probably their best type, certainly their best from a consistency point of view this season. And almost because of that, I feel like he's, he's being shoehorned into other positions that perhaps aren't the most you know natural for him. Um, just because he's actually ended up starting so well. And that must be really frustrating, particularly as a young player wanting to establish yourself. Yeah, I agree. I think he's played so well at that kind of left-forward role. Um, and I appreciate the injuries have kind of changed things around for Man United. But, um, yeah, he's not seemed so confident and comfortable recently. So um, you'd have to wonder if the current malaise there is going to have a negative effect on him. I, I mean, you'd, you'd hope not. Um, but... Again, with Brooks missing, um, and obviously Wilson um, still play, still playing and going around. I, I suppose we still do have enough depth in there. And Matondo's been doing recent re, uh, reasonably well um, at Schalke. I think he scored not this weekend, but the the week before or in the Champions League. So he's in a decent bit of form. So we do have some kind of we still have some strength and depth, which is great. I, su- I suppose you know that we've got that. But as you said, there's certain players that you we would struggle to live without and if two of those are injured uh, in, in, in Bale and Ramsey that would be a real blow for us Yeah um, as you were saying you, you have to feel the gigs you know planning I'm sure he's planning endlessly to be able to pick what he feels are his best 11 his best 11 and I mean we're we're not sure he knows what it is but equally he's not been able to pick whatever combination that is either has he no exactly and like I say for all the criticism we've given uh, fairly so um, I, I think he has also not had the the best rub of the green as they say and uh, yeah that, that that doesn't help another interesting thing to, to talk about and to think about is of course um, Ethan Ampadu he's not really playing for uh, for Leipzig at all um, the occasional appearance on the bench and a little five minute run around here and there um, do you think you would still start him in centre midfield alongside Joe Allen I think I probably would um, just to, 
uh, we've talked a lot, haven't we, about trying to create some stable partnerships. Um, and I, I think that is only going to become an established and stable partnership that understand each other well if we give them some playing time. Um, and I don't think he's out of the Leipzig team, particularly because he's not ready to play for them. Part of it, I'm sure, is how well they've started the season. They're not looking to make changes. But also, he's, he's been there, what, about eight, ten weeks. And the German teams do tend to give new players a little bit more kind of establishing time than I think Premier League clubs do. So it, it's not unusual to have a player um, kind of doing what he is at the minute, which is, you know, embedding and becoming part of the squad and being on the bench and, and slowly coming into into more games. Um, that long rest that the Germans take in January does actually mean that November, December and February are very busy for them from a playing point of view. Um, so I would imagine he's going to get more play soon. Um, but from a Welsh point of view, I think it's important that we try and establish some partnerships and that potentially is a key one. And I, I think at this point, we've just got to get behind it and push it forward. I, I agree with you. I, I think especially if Ramsey's not going to be there, then that there's kind of no question that he has to play really because then you're if you don't play him you're looking for you're looking for two others to play rather than just one um and as we previously discussed Matty Smith is not exactly setting things on fire at uh, at QPR so um you'd have to think that realistically he's the only option especially if Ramsey doesn't play um i think You'd have to look at Johnny Williams as the only other realistic alternative, but I, do, I wouldn't really want to see him as a central midfielder. I think he's a decent replacement for Ramsey if uh, if Ramsey can't play, but um, obviously nowhere near the same level as, as Rambo. Yeah, agreed. I think um, Morel or Vokes might be looked at ahead of Smith, actually, just um, for a partner for Alan. Um I thought Morel played well in the last game. Um, so, again, it's whether you're trying to build on that. Uh, but, I, like I said, I would, I would stick with Anthony and Alan as that partnership. Yeah, absolutely. I, I also don't, for as well as Morel did play, I also don't think he's a... Um, I don't think he's at the, the right level yet to be kind of playing in these important games, whereas Ampadu, I think, really, really is. And I think... You know, Ampadu is such a, a naturally gifted player and such an athlete, and um, in the way that he kind of carries himself around the pitch, um, and his obviously natural ability on the ball, I think it's it's worth the risk of him not playing very often um, to sit alongside Joe there because he is just naturally such a such a good footballer. Yeah, and I think the ability for him to drop back and help almost make it a back five on occasion when really needed is important as well. I can see that being a particular asset in these two games. Yeah. So do you think we'll stick with the the sort of 4-3-3 system that Giggs has been favouring recently with like the the two holders, let's assume it's Ramsey um, playing like as, as the number 10 and then the two wide players with a focal point up top? Yes, but I think 
more because I fear that Giggs is just going to pick players and won't really won't see past sort of Allen, Ampadu, Ramsey, Wilson, Bale, James combination. I can't see him going past those six. Um, and so if, you're, if those are the six you're going to have as the sort of attacking part of the field, then really the only question is, is it a straight sort of 4-3-3? Three, three, um, or is it a 4-2-3-1 and push bail up as a notional number nine? Yeah. I think it'll probably be the latter. Um, I am maintaining my stance of um, Bale not being at his best for Wales when he's played that number nine role. Um, And I think it makes more sense to have a centre-forward up there, um, be it Vokes or someone else. So I, I, I personally would do that, but I appreciate Ryan Giggs um, is unlikely to listen to my particular opinion on the situation. Um, so I think I think you're right in that, that he'll he'll pick those players, and then that naturally means that that is the system we have to go with to to make that work. Yeah, I can't see him dropping one of those six to be to bring in Rabi Matondo or Vokes or Keith Moore. You know, I, I just can't see him going going down that route and not using one of, you know, Wilson or James, really. I agree with you. Um, one, one more thing just on the on the squad conversation that we didn't talk about the other day is that this is another squad that's been picked where none of our goalkeepers are really playing. Um, still no inclusion for Owen Vaughan Williams. But also there was a mention, I've started this now, I've forgotten his name, but the, the lad who's playing in goal for Newport was mentioned as, as someone who might get a call-up um, to, to cap him, basically, because he could play for a couple of different nations, I think. So I was quite surprised that there hasn't been some sort of change in that, in that area. I still expect Hennessy to play and everything else, and no surprise that Ward has also been called up. But in terms of the third-choice keeper... Um, I was surprised there wasn't a change there just because it doesn't make any sense to me to have three keepers who aren't playing uh, in the squad. I would agree. I mean, I think it's a choice between Hennessy and Ward at the minute, but I, we discussed this on a, a previous pod, didn't we? I, I can't see a purpose in having three players whose circumstances are all the same and they're all the same in this negative way that they're not getting played. Yeah. Um, the we do have options of keepers who are getting regular games, who are you know playing reasonably well, um, and it it just seems odd to me that you you wouldn't find a place in the wider squad for a goalkeeper. And you you know you mentioned a couple of options. There's Chris Maxwell as well, been getting a bit of play out in Scotland, um, but it just seems odd that of when you're picking three, that you wouldn't try and get some variety in what you're bringing to the squad, really. And unfortunately, the three that are there, they may be our best three keepers. I'm I'm not saying they're not, but it's difficult to see how any of them can press any of the others when we're not seeing any game time. 
Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think, I don't know, I, I, sometimes, like I've said before, I think we're in danger sometimes of looking for things to criticise gigs for. But I, I do think in this instance, I think we're kind of within our rights to, to kind of demand more from the situation. Um, the more everything has kind of come to light with, with the Tom Lawrence situation... Um, the statement that Derby made the other day, he's been fined a maximum of six weeks wages. He's been sent on a, uh, you know, a driving safety course. He's doing some community hours, some community service. That's just basically the biggest fine that the, the club can place on him. Um, I've kind of thought about it more and someone raised the point of should Chris Coleman have been the Wales manager then after he had his car accident, um, which obviously ended up basically ending his career. I know it was different in that he wasn't drink driving. He was just probably driving a bit too fast um mm-hmm. it, it made me think that whilst you know you could potentially argue there's an element of truth in all that uh, it has kind of baffled me a lot that the people who have been so easy to kind of try and make a defense for for tom lawrence and i'm not sure if it's maybe we're being too moral so, so to speak about the whole thing or or is this kind of all Justified, and have we kind of done the wrong thing, and have Derby done the wrong thing in, in still picking him? I suppose there's the you know he's not being charged of anything yet, um, but I don't know how I would feel about. I mean, in the moment, obviously, but I don't know how I'd feel about Tom Lawrence coming off the bench on Thursday, for example, to score a winning goal. Um, I mean, I'm I'd celebrated at the time, obviously. Um, but I'm not sure how I would feel about that in the wider context, to be honest. I think it's one of these situations where the the wider context can't be ignored. Um, I think there are um, I mean, there are plenty of football players who you and I have cheered on who have made mistakes. Um, and whose, you know, behaviour in their personal lives might not be what any of us would want to, to see. And you, you can't say that someone drunk driving is something that can be ignored. Um, I think the difficulty as a supporter is that you also want to be supportive. Yeah. And it's difficult to be supportive when people behave like this. And I think that's why we find ourselves kind of questioning his inclusion, because there's a desire to be supportive of every guy on the field. Yet, I, you know, I find it difficult to kind of picture myself applauding him. As you say, if he scores a goal on, on Thursday or Sunday, will be up out of our chairs cheering. But it doesn't mean that you can't have reservations about that. Yeah, I, it's it's just all in a bit of a strange one. And I do... The other thing that has made me think about it all is... I wonder if Giggs is going to play him. Because if all of this has been for nothing and he just sits on the bench, then Giggs has done a really stupid thing because he's made all this fuss for nothing. So it does make me think that at some point he is going to see some game time because otherwise all of this is pointless. What Do, what, do, you, do you agree? Well, do you think the pointless part, do you think it could be because 
you know, he thought that she might have an issue with Ramsey, he might have an issue with Bale. Lawrence is one of the more experienced forward players that we have. You know, was he perhaps Giggs now? Was Giggs perhaps just thinking, actually, I, there's only you know, there's only so many knocks that this squad can take. Do I really want to leave this guy out? Yeah. Do I need an insurance policy, sort of thing? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good point, and I think is fair. I think, yeah, like I say, it's a good argument, and I think he's bound to see some playing time just because. I don't know why else he's picked him. The insurance policy is a good point, I suppose. But um, I don't know. It's I, I don't know how I feel about it. The, it was the, always the argument with Chad Evans as well, who is, of course, now being found not guilty. Um, people talking about, you know, we've had this brief conversation before, whether you'd bring him back into the fold. And the goals have dried up for him a little bit at the moment in terms of his form and stuff. So that kind of conversation has gone away. But that kind of moral aspect of it is perhaps a bit different now. And I, I, I don't know, I, I find the whole thing very, I don't know, troubling. Makes me sound like my nana. But um, <laughs> do, you, do you know what I mean? But, but by definition, there aren't easy answers to these sorts of things, yeah, are there? So I don't think it's unreasonable that people are confused about how they should feel about it. No, that's fair. That's fair. Um to move on and look at the two games in a bit more with a bit more specificity, um, I know that the Slovakians have got one or two people who have got booked and have missed who are missing our game, which is which is obviously good news. Um, obviously, their main threat is Hamzik. I think as long as we kind of neutralise him in the game, there's no one else on that pitch who overly concerns me. And you'd like to think that the same sort of plan that we had before bearing in mind we hope everyone's fit um, of kind of the fairly low block uh, and then being powerful in turnover of possession um, as I, as it looked a little like we were trying to do against Belarus um, that would be kind of our, our game plan moving forward and really Ramsey James obviously and Bale are, are, ma- are massively important in that kind of setup. I can see that being the plan for the Slovakia game but I would anticipate the Croatians sitting off a bit in Sunday's game because a, a draw for them, might they might settle for that. I don't know. But, I, you know, the onus is on us in a, in a home game to be pushing up a bit more. So I think that that sort of low block might not work as well in, in the Croatian game. I, I, I tend to disagree with you a little bit there. I think that Croatia have, in a weird way, sort of more to lose, uh, more to gain, sorry, from, from a win here. I actually think a draw in a, in a roundabout way would be a better result for us. Um, and I, only because I think they've, they've, they've drawn to Azerbaijan themselves. They've obviously already lost to Hungary. Um, and if we beat Slovakia... And I appreciate other people will play, but if we beat Slovakia, uh, you know we're going to be level on points with Croatia going into this. And you know I feel like the onus is a little bit more on them. If we get this game out of the way, they've still got you know tricky things to play. And whilst we have got to go to Azerbaijan, um, you know we're left with Hungary at home then as well. And I, I, I think we've got. I think if we can win in Slovakia. All of a sudden, that that other game is is 
bigger for them than it is for us, I think, in terms of them needing to go for it. I, I think the low block will work for us because they, I think they'll need to come at us a bit more. See, I'm not convinced of that. I'm not convinced that they won't play safe as much about making sure that we're not taking the points as they are. Yeah. It, again, it's it's a tricky one, and I I know we always do this. What if that happens in the experts and the maybes? <laughs> um, and it is a tricky one. It is finely balanced. I I think the the context of the game changes if we don't beat Slovakia. I think if we get the draw from Slovakia, all of a sudden, I'm thinking we probably need to win the last three games, and all of a sudden, then the Croatia game is, you know. I wouldn't go so far as to say must win, but absolutely must not lose. The uh, same way, I think their approach may, may change with with their game because they're playing the Hungarians, aren't they? Yeah. So I suppose actually, the, no, we will still have a game in hand on them. Um, yeah. In the, in the first of the two headers, they're playing the Hungarians. So their, their approach to Sunday's game, Matt, Obviously, in the same way that ours will be, will be affected by the results of that game. Yeah, I mean, like we always say, there's so many of spots and maybes. I think, um, I think we've just got a win on Thursday, and and I think everything else after that will kind of figure itself out. Which I appreciate a fairly simplistic way to look at it, but I think that's the, the Tuesday, the Thursday game. Sorry, is the bigger one in the context of what we need to do against Croatia, if that makes sense. Yeah, I would, I would agree. I still think they're the most likely to take the, the group, aren't they? And so we are probably, possibly, really still playing for second place. So in, the, in that context, the Slovakia results become more important. I mean, you do have to think about what the logic is, or what the mentality is, sorry, for the, for the Croatians, on the basis that of their away games so far... I think they've only won one of them. Um, so you'd, you'd wonder whether maybe they don't like going on the road and, and maybe they'll come into a packed Cardiff City Stadium and that'll, you know, they'll not, they'll not like it up and sort of, sort of thing as, you know, on the, the basis that they have dropped points in their last two away games. Um Maybe maybe the the home advantage there will really tell for us as well. Maybe that will really add to things. And I know I'm back to the ifs, buts, and maybes now, but that could really make a big difference to us. That's, that's the nature of preview, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Actually, lots of guesswork. <laughs> and I suppose we're guessing we're guessing a lot about lots of things. How many of these we ever go back and check that we said we got right or not? I I can't imagine <laughs> there's too many. Um. So our favourite part of uh, of all of this um, is obviously making predictions. I know you love this so much so that you reminded me to do it the last time we recorded a preview of the men's game. So don't pretend that it's anything different. Um, what are your thoughts on the Slovakia game? I fear it's going to be a draw. Um, yeah, I fear it's going to be a one-one draw. I think we are going to win in Slovakia. I've just got a feeling, and I will temper that by saying I only stand by that prediction if things stand in terms of Ramsey uh, and Bale 
play in. I think if if Ramsey doesn't play, I think a draw or possibly even a loss is on the cards, which I appreciate is well, just, I, just the positivity you wanted. Our chances drop if he's not playing. Yeah, oh. and I think that'd be massive for us. Yes, agreed. Uh, and Croatia. You know, I think we might we might nick that one. Well, in classic fashion, I think we're going to lose that one. <laughs> we have covered all bases here, ladies and gents. Um, nothing to worry about. Um, yeah, I've just... Whilst I do have a good feeling about the Slovakia game, I do equally have a bad feeling about the Croatia game. Um, I just think they were so much better than us tactically, technically. I, I'm confident Giggs is not very good at learning lessons. Um, and I think he won't have learned enough from the last game and I think it will come back to haunt us a little bit and I think I see the Croatians winning 2-0 I've got the same kind of fears but I think I see it sort of operating in a reverse way as far as the games go that makes sense yeah I can see us not we haven't played well away from home we haven't we haven't um, organised ourselves well to play on the break, which tends to crop up more when one's away from home. So that's why I think I'm more worried, actually, about the Slovakia game. No, I can follow the logic of that. Um, I, I think the reality of the group is, as well, is that it has gone to show that anyone is capable of beating anyone with the Hungarians providing a couple of surprises. Obviously, the Azerbaijan draw... Uh, with Croatia has, has done that um, even their performance against us in, in Cardiff I think goes to show that as well so um, it is a very tight group and equally I do think if we do lose uh, either game I really don't think that this is over and done with yet uh, aside from the, the route the, the backdoor route if you like with the Nations League thing um, I really don't think it's over and done with yet I think other teams are capable of taking points off each other. And I wouldn't be surprised if we are, if not the, but at least one of the lowest point uh, totals for the winner of a, of a group um, compared to the other groups as well. Yeah, no, I, I think you can see that coming. I think the important thing is we've got to win one of the games. Absolutely. If we draw both of them, then we really are in a mess. No, I, I totally agree. I think we've got to go and take the ball by the horns and... And get three points. I think if we get three points in the first one, I think it changes the outlook of the whole thing. Um, I still, I would still worry about how we'll play in that second game, but I think it makes the the second game less vital. Then, if you, if you know what I mean, I think um, the win in the first game is, is the key to it for me. Yeah, I think particularly if the Croatians have win their the game, the earlier game, and have started to pull away at the top of the group a little bit then it's, again it's all more important what we're doing against the, the Slovakians yeah. yeah I agree I agree it's going to be it's going to be an, an interesting one and I don't know obviously we always say this they're always big games because they come around kind of fairly uh, irregularly but uh, I do feel like this is a this is a big thing for just for Welsh football in general I think if we want to you know, regularly qualifying. We've actually got to start to deliver, and it's not good enough to blame the manager or, you know, injuries or whatever. We've got to start to to put the runs together and kind of, you know, maximise our opportunities. So, 
it's got to, it's got to happen in this instance, I think, and especially if we want to keep developing our squad and um, and progress and qualify for a World Cup, which is obviously really really important to us. Then I think we've all, we've got to deliver on this stage before we can start thinking about a World Cup. I think it does feel like a very pivotal weekend, actually, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. And I'm absolutely terrified. But um, I'm going to be so drunk on Sunday in South Carolina that uh, I'm hoping that it doesn't matter. That's my uh, sensible grown-up logic uh, towards this whole situation. Um, yeah, I'm, like I say, I'm terrified. But looking forward to it, that's what, we, that's what we're here for. We always used to bemoan when our bloody hell, you know last couple of weeks of the competition and we've you know we're already dead and buried i'd much rather it be this way around where we're still in with a you know more than a fighting chance to uh to progress and proceed so it's something to be excited about it is it is we're still in the running that's the important thing um i don't think i've got anything else to add on this and unless you have no no just good luck to the girls tomorrow Absolutely. No, when? Is it Wednesday or tomorrow? Tomorrow it is. Tomorrow it is. Um, the time difference is here means things are happening. <laughs> yeah, I think it's 12, 12 o'clock kickoff tomorrow here, so that's 10 o'clock for you. Um, I have, I've seen no links posted anywhere, so I'm not sure if, it, if we're going to have access to it at all. Um, okay. But we live in hope. Um, so good luck okay. to them and good luck to the men, obviously. We're going to do some sort of combined review after the men's games uh, of the, the women's game against Belarus and also obviously the, the double header here for the men so yes keep your eyes peeled for that and hopefully we will be gleefully celebrating a six point haul and uh, you know pronouncing Ryan Giggs as king <laughs> we can hope <laughs> yes we can all dream um, anyway back to reality um thank you very much for listening everybody uh enjoy the games come on wales bye folks